1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hold
0: on to your butt. Come on, sucker. Let's get it
1: on. Oh, you want to fight? You want to fight? I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough.
0: You don't know anybody named Iris? I don't know
1: nobody named Iris. Can I have a piece of toast? I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Western demands. How could you do this to me? Really, I want to know. Why did you do that? What you feel only matters to you.
0: Step back for one minute and look at the big picture.
1: And that's all. No, no, not for the real fight. The the bond a
0: family that very few can understand. Help me. Help you i don't <laughs> do drugs
1: or whatever movies with wesley and iris
0: what up and welcome to or whatever movies i'm your co-host iris and i'm here with my older brother
1: wesley darling
0: today we are reviewing a movie from 2021 cruella available in theaters and on disney plus
1: premium vod
0: starring the chick from La La Land, Emma Thompson, and Richard Jewell.
1: All the Emmas, and Richard Jewell. You didn't like Richard Jewell all that much, as I recall, but Paul Walter Hauser, I thought, did a fantastic job for a very particular kind of role, which may be suited to him, then came to Five Bloods, and boy, you didn't even see what I consider to be his disastrous turn on Cobra Kai. Be glad you missed that one. Oh, it's so awkward. He's the older, middle-aged, Dude who wants to be cool and walks into the karate studio in Cobra Kai with all the like high schoolers. Oh,
0: I like how he's the middle aged guy when he's actually 10 years younger than you.
1: This is what I'm saying. You know what I figured out just yesterday? I am. I lost it. I forgot what it was.
0: (laughs) That was another sign of being old. It
1: looks like we're going to couple this review with uh, Mary Poppins. And in just a couple of years, I'll be the same age. I'm already far older than Dick Van Dyke was, and I'm almost Mr. Banks's age.
0: Oh, well, Mr. Banks has a splendid life.
1: Uh, Connection there too, Emma Thompson, she is actually the creator of both major characters that we're gonna be talking about today.
0: The creator of Cruella DeVille and Mary Poppins?
1: Yep, as evidenced in her role in saving Mr. Banks. She was (sighs) P.L. Travers.
0: I like Emma Thompson. I'm trying to think of what I really love her
1: in. Well, I think she plays this role ideally, the Smarmy Above It, Miranda Priestley, Devil Worth Prototype character.
0: Yeah, she's kind of a stuck up pain in the ass in an education. I love that movie. Emma Thompson, though, notably an Oscar winning writer and actor. She won an Oscar in nineteen ninety six for Sense and Sensibility. She's kind of a stuck up pain in the ass in um in Harry Potter. Another Harry Potter connection, I definitely felt like Emma Stone was channeling Helena Bonham Carter in Cruella.
1: You know, I got that a little bit. I thought Helena Bonham Carter, who does the refined thing, can also be terribly uh, scary.
0: And she does the bob, like when she's, her performance as Bellatrix is awfully bobbly-headed, where she does that (laughs) kind of creepy, unhinged head, neck thing. Yep. And uh, yeah, Emma Stone definitely channeling some of that. Maybe it was also just the crazy eye. Emma Stone is busy. Titular role in Cruella, Battle of the Sexes, The Favorite, The Maniac Series. Oscar win for La La Land like she's all over the place
1: yeah she's this uh, this season's Jessica Chastain
0: (laughs) this not season but more like no
1: but it's a fashion term
0: this genera oh so fashion brings me back to the original 101 dalmatians the animated film which i have to admit i did not revisit for the purposes of um cruella
1: nor did i but i didn't need to kelly was on top of that
0: oh okay so you got some important context here is cruella from the original 101 dalmatians a fashion designer i know she likes dalmatian pelts but is she a fashion designer
1: I don't recall. I know that in one or two of them, because there have been several versions, she has been associated with fashion. I, always, I remembered her as being more of a Baroness type character. It's almost as though the Baroness was basically the Cruella of old, right? It was almost as though on screen she was juxtaposed with the younger, more modern, more hip version of herself. It was almost like passing the torch from old Baroness style Cruella to the new.
0: Yeah, very complicated relationship between the Baroness and Estella slash Cruella. So Estella starts off admiring the Baroness and then hating the Baroness for having killed her mother. And then she finds out that her mother is not her mother and that in a Star Wars-like twist, the Baroness is her mother. And then she hates her even more because of that. She plots her arrest and fakes her death.
1: I think it was being aware of the Disney trope of parents dying, the Disney convention. But, you know, for some reason it kept bringing, I kept coming back to Lilo and Stitch in this movie. It was like as if Lilo's parents who were gone and Lilo and Stitch had been murdered by Dalmatians or by (laughs) murdered and died by dog murder. And I think it started in school when we see Cruella, inexplicably, who has weird hair that fortuitously displays from a very early age the duality of her nature. When uh, she gets into that fight, (laughs) she does the closed fist Lilo hammer punch on that kid. (laughs) Disney's got this thing where very occasionally it breaks all the rules. And like there's fighting in school, and there's drinking in Cruella, and all this stuff. There's no smoking, though. The first Cruella, where she didn't have her long handled cigarette.
0: Oh, yeah. They also encourage self emulation, which I thought was interesting and very risky.
1: You think? You're talking about risky for the movie or risky for the person who would set themselves on fire for dramatic purposes, for a dramatic uh,
0: I'm entrance. just saying, I create kids' content. Our S&P team would have never let a character setting themselves on fire fly.
1: How many kids are going to wrap themselves in toilet paper and try that? Or
0: blankets. God.
1: Uh, blankets less flammable. Blankets are what you use to put out fires.
0: Um, I don't—I mean, <laughs> if you're wearing a blanket and twirling around— I think it's going to catch on fire.
1: Still, the implausibility. So the question is, is the grease paint makeup, is that flammable? Or would that actually protect her skin for a minute?
0: I guess it depends on its water content.
1: No matter what, that wig is going right up.
0: <laughs> well, that polyester wig, yeah. Uh, probably a bad idea, and I'm not sure how the um, Disney law team let that go.
1: I honestly thought that was the turn. I thought, okay, well, you haven't offended me with the the beginning. It's kind of dumb that she has Cruella hair from the beginning. But, you know, they set it up. And how can you mess up the little kid story? Well, I guess you could. But they didn't. And I was tentatively optimistic. And then the fire thing happened. And I was like, here it goes. That's dumb.
0: The flash paper robe.
1: Which was obviously silk or satin or something. And that requires the suspension of disbelief from the very beginning. You're in a highly stylized Disney world, and things are fantastic, and Hogwarts on the Hill is this fantastic party, and then the dog murder by digital dogs. When I realized that the dogs, in large part, were digital, I was like, oh, no.
0: Why were they digital? I noticed that, too. I mean, dogs are pretty capable actors, and I felt like the emoting that they got from these CG dogs just made them uncanny valley-ish. Like, why not just get real Dog performers.
1: For a one hundred and one Dalmatians origin story, you know, very few dogs. I was like, Why are the dogs digital? And Kelly's like, Maybe they're gonna talk later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know.
1: That was a concern. But I thought, oh, man, it's going to get really dumb and cartoony now. And we had those dumb cartoony elements. But Cruella achieved, I think, what a lot of movies have striven, strived, strove to do that didn't. And that is to create the bubble of suspension of disbelief in a way that when she uses her untested dress or skirt as a parachute, you're like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) and and you're either on board or not at that point and she can set herself on fire and things are okay and that Emma Thompson is like a proper 60s 70s London gangster right she's mur- murdering people she lives on and she's ingrained in high society and she carries a razor Like all that stuff needs to be, you have to get into this world of Cruella and be like, okay, I accept that these things are fact, which is not an easy feat to do.
0: Well, I felt like all of those elements that you just listed were there to give Cruella a kind of edge to meet or appease the kind of older skewing audience that this is shooting for. And also because it lacked real baddies for baddies sake. Like I feel like Cruella marks a shift for Disney. And maybe there are other examples of this. Where they're moving from the baddies who are just baddies for badness sake, like the people who are just sheer evil without sympathetic motivation. You know, the um, the Ursulas and the the Scars who are like just pure evil. The super
1: supervillains, yeah. Yeah,
0: to, to the Maleficents who have these sympathetic backstories. Like, was it really necessary for Cruella to have a sympathetic backstory?
1: Well, that's the question. Is Cruella justified in having an entire multi-million dollar, I think it was like $200 million, this kind of movie for this kind of character who is reprehensible, who is one of those villains? And I think Disney is finally enlightened come to the strange postmodern phase where they're very self-aware of their own issues and their own history. You know, Walt Disney, who was the biggest smoker ever, no smoking in Disney movies now, and we're aware of the tropes of the parentage and all that stuff. So even though she murders a couple of people, the Baroness doesn't die. She's carted away for sequel purposes or whatever, which is also very in keeping with the Disney machine. But We've now reached Disney has reached the age of the antihero where Maleficent is sympathetic and Cruella DeVille, of all people, is now sympathetic. I mean, do you think they went into the the, the control room or whatever? Do you think they went into the focus group and were like, her name is Cruella Devil? Like, this is the one we're going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars making her sympathetic. And I did wonder. Because we know this is you know, professed to be an origin story, and we know where this character is headed. Were we supposed to like her in the school? This is a question that I was asking myself. Were we supposed to be sympathetic with her parentage and everything that she goes through so she can then be terrible? And if she does go full terrible, will it be justifiable? And I didn't think that that was possible, but still, in spite of myself, you found yourself rooting for this character even in her turn. Into the the supervillain that she becomes. Well,
0: Cruella is a lesser of the two evils between the two Emmas. Emma Thompson's Baroness character doesn't have a sympathetic backstory that we, as far as we can tell. But is that really where we want to be? Is rooting for the lesser of two evils?
1: I don't know. I was going to try to make a play on words, like the lesser of two Emmas, but that doesn't work. So what I came up <laughs> with just now is Cruella is the dresser of two Emmas. Get it? Get it? Hello?
0: Like dressier? Like, more fashionable?
1: (laughs) She's the fashionista. She's the better. Never mind.
0: (laughs) Do we feel like this is setting a trend? Because Janelle Camo, a.k.a. At Very Bad Llama on Twitter, tweeted something that made me roar. And it was, quote, looking forward to the upcoming Disney movie Gaston, in which we will get to see Gaston's parents murdered by literacy and respect for women. (laughs)
1: Unquote. Yeah. Where he's taken in by like a brewer and raised on like hauling sacks, sacks of grain and beer. That's pretty
0: good. Uh, because getting murdered by literacy isn't that far fetched when you consider getting murdered by Dalmatian.
1: Speaking of hearing you roar, there's been a lot of talk about this being a female Joker movie and talking about Todd Phillips Joker, where he is sympathetic and he has a terrible childhood and he's obviously traumatized, but his evil is somewhat sympathetic and you root for him. Joker is the hero of Joker for sure. Yep. And so we get this turn where Cruella is allowed to be evil in a so bad she's good kind of modern sensibility, but... Not so much Joker to me as she was distinctly Catwoman ish. Hmm. Catwoman, I think the Selena Kyle character, at least in the Michael Keaton movies, she sewed her own costume and she was a something or other, but she was a crazy cat lady with a sewing machine in that one, and she became Catwoman. But for as much as Emma Stone strangely likes dogs in this movie, she was much more catty, and I think, and much more cat y And in doing the crazy Helena Bottom Carter head tilt, she was very feline in her movements, which I guess lends more, hey, so what is your fashion more like? Is it more like cats or like dogs? Like, you're probably always going to go with cats in that scenario, right? I don't know. There was a very Catwoman vibe to her a lot of the time, I thought, much more so than Joker. Plus, for Catwoman, when she turned from Estella to Cruella, she developed those weird cane fighting skills, where when they orchestrated the heist to get the necklace, she was, like, beating people up with her cane and stuff.
0: They were, it was, like, spontaneous talent. It was, like, Matrix-type, I-know, cane fighting.
1: <laughs> and that ties into, I am Catwoman, hear me roar because you said roar
0: oh tenuous but you know we've had lesser segues
1: <laughs> that's what we do here on or whatever movies <laughs> Absolutely.
0: so i don't think i mean you tell me was there a fan base clamoring for the 101 dalmatians origin story for cruella like are people like jasper and horace how did they become her henchmen There seems to be a lot of assuming that we are very curious about secondary characters and that we're very open to additional secondary secondary characters like Artie. And what was what exactly was Artie's purpose in Cruella?
1: Artie was Disney trying to get the gay character right. They've been doing it for a long time. It's struggling to find representation. Disney, again, being very self-aware and having strict policies when it was, you know, back in the 60s, back in the 50s and stuff. Disney
0: hashtag woke
1: uh Artie wasn't a particularly necessary character other than being uh, you know a foil to Emmy Stone is that the right word a foil
0: a foil uh-huh
1: or kindred spirit and also having an opportunity to expose at him He was her sounding board It's just part of the fashion world. And in a way to me, that's important in that. Was he a gay character never established, but probably given his appearance, which she even questioned, like, that's a bold look. How does that go over on the street? It also didn't dwell on whether or not he was gay or not. It just, he was a character and there was no romance really, or sexuality in this movie whatsoever. Um, It seemed like there was an opportunity, there was like a weird Cruella Jasper thing maybe happening, but not really. But to answer your question, I don't know why that dude was there.
0: I mean, he was Cruella's secret weapon in terms of fashion design. And he, he becomes a loyal follower pretty fast, probably because they're such kindred spirits.
1: She's fabulous.
0: The Jasper horse thing, they go way back. So there was loyalty there to begin with. And they were questioning her behavior toward them. Like saying, hey, don't be so mean to me. It's like me like talking to Paloma. It's like, I really love you and I would do anything for you. Why are you so mean to me?
1: That's what Paloma said? That's what you say to her. <laughs> That's
0: what I say to Paloma. She like orders me around and she tells me what to do. And then she gets really upset if I don't follow her orders to a T. Anyway, so apparently their trajectory, if we're going to connect Corella to 101 Dalmatians, is that they lose more brain cells and they become more. I mean, I don't really remember. W- weren't they just lackeys in 101
1: yeah, they were bumbling, capped, tweed-suited bumblers.
0: Bumbling At least, heavies. you know, they had
1: some backstory, and they weren't just blindly following her until it was time to blindly follow her. <laughs> but, you know, to your earlier question about whether we needed this movie, I worked at Hollywood Video back in the day. I was assistant manager, and Hollywood Video would only let us put on certain movies On the screens, you couldn't watch whatever you wanted. It had to be Disney movies, basically, and I cheated a little bit. But I thought I knew The Jungle Book really, really well. And then recently when I rewatched it with Disney+, Plus, I got like 30 minutes in. I was like, I don't remember any of this, which is weird because I thought I played it on a loop. I thought I knew 101 Dalmatians, and Kelly was right there. And she's like, oh, no, that's uh, Anita Darling, and that's Frank the Lawyer or whatever. And I was like, "Who?" And so I didn't remember, obviously, you remember Jasper and Horace. Now, all you have to do is see a glimpse of them from the the cartoon movie. And you're like, oh, I get it. Or the Glenn Close version. But these characters that were all set up for the adult audiences who remembered the 60-year-old cartoon, I didn't get that. So I kind of came into Cruella like equal opportunity. Like, give me a thing and I'll see if I jibe with it. But boy, am I not expecting to jibe with this. I was pretty resistant, as you will recall. Why do we need Cruella? Why do I care? It seems like this was engineered by Disney science because they're like, hey, Emma Stone might be receptive. What do we got for her? We already did Maleficent. What do we got? And somebody said, Cruella. And they were like, you're hired or fire? What? I don't know.
0: You're promoted. You say resistant, but you said, quote, when the sneak asked me if we'd review it because it factored into whether or not she would purchase it. I said not to buy it because I was tired of shredding terrible movies.
1: Look, you called me Nopy Mopy. But sometimes we get into this thing where we really hit the Oscar dregs. like after, oh, it's nominated for one thing, so I guess we got to review it because we reviewed all the the Best Picture nominees. We got into some pretty bad movies, and I don't really like tearing it apart. Who tunes in to have movies that they, you have to like it on some level. You can't be like, I hated that movie. That movie sucked. Let's go listen to a podcast about it, right? (laughs) If we've got listenership, then they probably want to hear something about a movie that they halfway enjoyed, and I'm like, it sucked, and I don't want talk about it i was i was afraid there have been movies which will go unnamed here disney movies i might add where we unspokenly agreed not to discuss not to talk about because they sucked and we didn't want to rip it apart um yep that movie that you guys are thinking in your head right now that's the one (laughs) and it sucked and it's why we didn't talk about it
0: (laughs) so did it suck And are you going to shred it?
1: I really thought this was going to suck really bad. I was like, this is going to suck. So I was preparing myself. Here's where it goes wrong. Here she self-immolates. Here's where it descends into total cartoon territory. And what I'm getting at is there was a lot of cartoonish stuff. You have to accept that she's going to jump off. Like she knew she was going to get murdered and we knew she was going to get murdered. How is she going to get out of it? What I didn't think was obviously Parachute. That's just something that you have to accept. At one point, I wondered if they were going to reveal that one of the Baroness's dogs, there were three of them. Only one was named. What was the name?
0: Don't remember. Pongo? Genghis. Genghis, as in Khan. Yeah.
1: And I was like, dude, one of the other dogs' names is definitely going to be Scooby because this turned into a weird, like, semi-gothic murder mystery. <laughs> Complete with like vans and car chases and stuff?
0: Well, the, the car chase was obligatory. You had to get Cruella behind the wheel of, De, of a Deville at some point, road raging. And uh, which? With her hunched shoulders right. and crazy face.
1: Which I didn't realize was an actual car.
0: I mean, there's a Coupe Deville, and I think it's V I L L E, but you know, liberties have been taken
1: the point is the dumb stuff you know it worked okay in this particular bubble of Cruella the car chase scene was fun and you see her with the elbows up driving in the same way that the Cruella in the cartoon was doing it and so that stuff kind of resonated with me it had a crazy eclectic soundtrack that I thought worked yeah you know you just like I mean there was a massive music budget in here and they didn't skimp on the 60s or 70s music as we, tra- as we transferred into that decade mm-hmm. and And it was enough so that, you know, there was soul and there was rock and pop. And and I thought that that really helped when it could have been a convention. I was afraid that this was going to play it safe, stick to conventions. And then it kind of didn't. I was happy with the choices that they made. What
0: what, what were some of the cues that you felt like worked?
1: Uh, There was a Nina Simone track in there that worked. I thought the Doors was good for the 60s stuff for, you know, timeliness. And then there were some covers that would have been a little bit too on the nose had they been the original versions, mm. but they were subtle enough and they were in the backdrop. There was
0: a um, a Beatles cover that I thought worked well.
1: Yeah, that was come together. Mm hmm. And that was uh, sung by a female, but they used music in the opposite way that Robert Zemeckis does, which is right on the like, hey, guess what? This song fits so perfectly with the times and it's so on the nose, it's obvious. And this didn't feel quite obvious to me. This felt like some, some real thought and purpose was put into the music that was chosen to not really hit the nail quite on the head, but was still effective.
0: The music and the fashion, I thought, were used interestingly. Like the fashion wasn't, I guess it's the same kind of sensibility, right? There was some real taste and a real point of view in the music supervision and the costuming for this movie. Not the most obvious choices, but tastefully applied.
1: Well, that's the thrust, right? If Cruella has a thing, it's a spin on the, on the Devil Wears Prada, which was all about fashion. And those movies can tend to be dated. Thankfully, it's, this movie has built-in dating because we're, you know, in the 60s and then the 70s when most of this fashion was happening. So let's play a guessing game. How many people would you say are in the art department for 60s, 70s London for Cruella?
0: A um, hundred?
1: A hundred and three. Very close guess. How many Whoa. people were involved in the makeup department?
0: Whoa. Um, 50?
1: Not bad. 62. Whoa. How many people were involved in the costume department for Cruella? Oh.
0: 150.
1: Two people. Two? Yep. Jenny Baven Beaven, was the costume designer <laughs> what? for Cruella. Just her. The other person in the costume department was there only for the eyewear.
0: I mean, maybe she's the only one credited, but there's way too much hands-on work, seamstress work and
1: in terms of direction, it was just this lady and this movie has a cast of over 100 people. It's like 130 people. Oh my god. And I'm sure that some of them were partygoers and everything, but Jenny Beaven, who designed the looks for the major characters, Emma Stone alone had 47 costume changes. Oh my. So look for Jenny Beaven as a nominee at the 2022 Academy Awards for costume design. Sounds
0: like it would be well-deserved. I wonder how many there were by comparison on Devil Wears Prada.
1: I'm not sure. The point is, I don't care about fashion at all. And thus, I didn't really care about Cruella Deville as a fashionista at all. That said, I was brought into the world where you have to appreciate that fashion is crazy and bizarre and out there. And when you have the Baroness, who is already crazy and bizarre and out there, upstaged by Cruella Deville, you have to admire that. Where the lady would snatch her drawing, her lunchtime apple-eating drawing from her pad and cut it off with a razor and stick it on the board and blatantly steal the design, which is what everybody from Edison to uh, all the fashion designers do, right? They put their name on the thing and they hire teams of people to design. Hell, Walt Disney stopped drawing entirely by the time his major successes came around.
0: A lot to appreciate about Cruella. I'm not denying that. But does Cruella gel? Does it come together? Does it work?
1: There was a lot of ridiculousness the moth cocoons as part of the dress. And so fashion is a big mystery to me, but I liked, I appreciated the style and the flamboyance and her taking these daring risks (laughs) through fashion. And for all the things that I thought Cruella had going against it, where I was going to be sad to really rail on it. You, you asked me and I was like, Oh God, okay, let's do it. I actually enjoyed Cruella. I didn't think it was bad at all. And that's meager praise, right? Just like I didn't hate it, but it worked within this very specific bubble. And I was pretty happy with the romp and the entertainment and the fun and the intrigue and the fire and the murder and the Mr. Mm. X. I was happily surprised by Cruella. And because I know you're now going to ask, I'm going to give Cruella an all right rating. Wow. Man, never thought I would say that about Disney live action again. Wow. But this is towering tall over Mulan Hmm. and Beauty and the Beast and that crap.
0: I don't know, dude. Um, If I want to take it, just for face value, just as a piece of entertainment, sure.
1: Yep, sure. That's what I'm going with.
0: It could clear the bar. But really, like, the Disney machine and the Disney science and the $200 million budget and this cast, like, shouldn't it have been a little bit more cohesive? Shouldn't ha- should it have been a little tighter?
1: It's a rocket ride to the moon. And you're like, oh, man, it's kind of rickety. Hold together, girl. And then when you get to the moon, you look back and you're like, thank you, rocket, for doing your job. Not to say that it wasn't a rickety pile like a bucket of bolts, but it got me there. All
0: right, so serviceable film Cruella delivers on the promise of the premise. You get an all right from Wes, a good from Iris. That's our review on Cruella, available as a premium purchase on Disney Plus. Eight one eight eight three five zero four seven three is our hotline. Let us know what you think about Cruella, or whatever movies at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm Peter.